Welcome back to the Biased Opinion Podcast. This is episode number 21. Uh, I'm here with PJ. Uh, today, just going to talk about, obviously, shocking news in the NFL. Andrew Luck retires at the age of 29. Uh, and then we'll talk about the Miami-Florida game that happened this weekend. And, uh, yeah, let's get right into it. So, PJ, Andrew Luck retires. Stunning announcement. Uh, got leaked during the preseason game, actually. The Colts preseason game. So it was kind of a impromptu press conference right after the game. What do you think? What's your take on this retirement? How do you feel about it? Yeah, there's a bunch of different things going into this retirement. First is the timing. I mean, two weeks before the season starts, I mean, that's that's pretty rough for the Colts. To, I mean, he probably wasn't going to be week, ready for week one anyway. The Colts fans probably already knew that. But for your franchise quarterback to just disappear, is it's insane. And then you usually don't see – People in the prime of their career retiring because of injuries, but I kind of respect the decision, doing what's best for himself. But the timing could have been a little bit better, I think. Yeah, I it, it's kind of I thought it was somewhat of the Gronk retirement. Just obviously the the uh, timing is completely different. Gronk retired a couple months after he won the Super Bowl in the off season, way before the anyone's even thinking about the NFL and training camp and stuff. And then the timing is tough. Uh, for this retirement for the Colts. And I think that's, like, a big reason of the whole, like, certain people are, like, pissed and outraged about this retirement. Um, but, I mean, yeah, the timing definitely plays a big factor into, like, the whole like, shock factor of this retirement because Gronk retirement, Gronk is the same, four months older than him, I believe. Um, and he has the same thing. He doesn't really, he said he doesn't enjoy football that much anymore. He lost his love for the game. And, obviously, they, both players have battled uh, through a ton of injuries, but Gronk's retirement wasn't really stunning, and maybe that's because a lot of people saw it coming for the whole season, whereas this Andrew Luck one kind of came out of nowhere, but I think it's also, like you said, the timing is definitely um, a huge part of why this was such, like, crazy polarizing news, I guess you could say. Yeah, people saw Gronk's retirement coming, and his production on the field decreased, I'd say, his overall stats. He still had a big impact on the team, but his overall stats went down, but Andrew Luck was coming off one of the better years of his career last year, wasn't sure, he? Yeah, it's probably the best career, year of his career. That is a good point. Um, I, 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 I thought he was going to be declaring out for the season. Uh, but, like, this whole offseason, I've been thinking that Andrew Luck's not playing. I heard an interview with the uh, GM of the Colts saying that the injury was very similar to uh, Kevin Durant's injury he had in the NBA playoffs right before he came back too early towards the Phillies and that the Colts – didn't really know what it was. Didn't want to bring him back too early. And it just didn't sound very promising. So I, I thought he was going to get named. I thought they were going to shut him down for the whole season when I first started that interview. Especially when you consider what happened with Kevin Durant. Yeah. I wonder if the Colts may push back his retirement uh, announcement until like the very last possible time they could. I don't know if this was Andrew Luck wanting to decide that he was going to retire two weeks before the season started. Yeah, and he... um. Like, I guess, I feel like this decision might have happened a while ago because he wasn't, I don't think he was prepared to make that speech right after, I don't think that was, like, I, making that retirement speech right after a preseason game seems like weird timing. Um, I don't think that was when it was supposed to happen. But obviously, someone leaked this story to ESPN, Schefter tweets it out, uh, the retirement gets out, and or the news that he's retiring gets out and he doesn't really have any choice. But watching him... So when I heard he was retiring, I saw that the Colts playing a preseason game. And you turn it on, and they kept showing him on the sidelines, talking to his teammates like nothing happened. I don't think any of them knew 
Uh, I don't think he knew that it got leaked. Obviously, they were playing the game. And uh, most of the Colts fans in the stadium probably weren't looking at their phones during the game. They might not know, but by the end of the game, everyone knew. And he gets booed off the field. Um, I think that's awful. Going, I, I don't know. What do you think about the boos? Getting hit, Andrew Luck getting booed off the field uh, hours after his retirement. Yeah, I don't. I don't think the boos are very necessary. I mean, nobody, nobody really knows the extent of what Andrew Luck was going through. At the same time, he didn't really make that big of a mark on the organization. I mean, he missed the season. He didn't ever get to the Super Bowl, and they gave up Peyton Manning for him. So I don't know. It, it can. Maybe it was just the heat of the moment from the fans. I don't. I don't read too much into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. I, I feel like they're probably more just mad that they're. I mean, this was supposed to be the Colts' year. There's the best team they've had Andrew Luck's entire career. Andrew Luck's playing the best football of his entire career. Um, and then it's just all it's all coming apart uh, with his retirement. Basically, they they had Super Bowl hopes, and in that moment, they're gone. So I feel like they're probably uh, more just mad that. Their team's probably not going to win the Super Bowl anymore and that they're no longer contenders, most likely, unless Brissett uh, plays out of his mind. Um, then mad at luck, personally. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't think they should have booed. I think that's kind of disrespectful. And that's definitely not encouraging Andrew Luck to come back out of retirement anytime soon. So, yeah. And uh, one of the uh, one of the tweets after, right after this happened, one of like the reaction tweets that caused the biggest controversy – most uproars by Doug Gottlieb, uh, he's Fox Sports analyst. He tweeted, retiring because rehabbing is, in quotations, too hard is the most millennial thing ever. Hashtag Andrew Luck. And this tweet sparked, like, in this this tweet was number one. All, everyone, every celebrity base, everyone with a check mark was quote tweeting this. Every former NFL player and just uh, ending this guy's life on Twitter time after time again. Um like, I don't know. I think a lot, and there was a lot of tweets like this from people, like analysts that never really played the game saying retiring because rehabbing is too hard, is soft, Andrew Luck is soft, um, stuff like that. What do you think about these tweets? Yeah, I think these, these tweets are more out of bounds than the fans booing, I think. That's for sure. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know why this, I feel like a lot of these tweets are just for attention. I think it's, I don't know, just stupid, stupid thing to tweet. A little toned up there. Um, some of the outrage is a little – people getting – I don't know. It's just – it caused a lot of controversy on Twitter that didn't need to. And I think Andrew Luck's retirement, rather than, like, appreciating the player, it just turned into players versus analysts. or not even analysts. Players versus uh, these random people on Twitter fighting about whether Andrew Luck is soft or not. I think it's kind of stupid. But, yeah. And um, you also got to look at the uh, the old GM who – Failed to protect him. He was basically on suicide watch the first three years of his career, getting sacked like the most amount of times in the league, and that's what led to all these injuries. So the old GM of the Colts, he's got to take a lot of responsibility here too. Yeah, Andrew Luck. I mean, the guy's played through ridiculous. And he played through like a lacerated kidney or something in a game one time. The old GM was that might have been one of the worst. I think they had one win the year before when they got Luck. So Payton gets hurt. They have, I don't know who was playing quarterback for them that year, but they went 1-15, and they got locked, and then I think they won like 33 games or something like that in the first three years of his career, um, coming off a 1-15 season with a 22-year-old quarterback. I think, I don't know, people, I don't know if people appreciate how just how good Andrew Luck was. I think he was a great player. He was put in an awful situation early on in his career. Um, it never really got better until last year, and then last year he proved that he truly is could be considered an elite quarterback. Um 
when he has a mediocre, at least, team around him. And, yeah, I don't know. Andrew, that, that draft class is one of the – that's one of the weirdest drafts ever, the Andrew Luck RG3, Russell Wilson draft, and Nick Foles is in that draft too. Weird quarterback draft. It's, I don't know. Everyone expected RG3 and Luck to take over the league, and then Wilson and Foles turned out to be the ones winning Super Bowls, and they're like around the three and four picks. But, yeah, I don't know. I think uh, Luck will always – I don't know. I think he'll be remembered as underachieving, I guess, in his career. He's always supposed to be this next great prospect – this next Elway or Manning, and he never, he never really lived up to it. But I guess that's why they're prospects and their next ones, because it's kind of hard to live up to that status. Not yeah, going to be the next Peyton Manning. Like even you said, you're not sold on Trevor Lawrence. You get to see Trevor Lawrence more. I mean, this you never know when these types of situations will happen to a great player coming up. Yeah, even like I mean, Andrew Luck out of college was considered as close to a sure thing as you can get. This, yeah, he was. He he's the most hyped draft pl- uh, draft prospect in my lifetime, at least. I don't know about you, but yeah, you know, yeah. I don't know if you can remember anyone else, but um, Andrew Luck. I remember like like all everyone talked about was suck for Luck that whole year. Uh, there was a Redskins Redskins and Colts battling out to see who could win the least amount of games for Andrew Luck that year. Um, and I mean, he kind of for a while there. Like it's not like most most times when a great quarterback retires and the next guy to replace him can never live up to that standard. But obviously he's no Peyton Manning, but for a while, it's not like Colts fans were calling wanted Peyton Manning back this whole time. I mean, he, he played great when he was there. It's not like he made fans miss Peyton Manning really. Other than when he got hurt, which wasn't really his fault because he had the worst O-line in the league, worst surrounding cast in the league for basically for the majority of his career. So I don't know. I think, Andrew Luck probably did the best he could with what he was given early in his career, and I can't blame the guy for retiring. Uh, the injuries he's played through are ridiculous, and if you don't love, if you if he doesn't love, if he's not enjoying his life playing football, then he should be playing football. And yeah, I think he made the decision that's best for him. So yeah, I mean there were a bunch of fan bases out there like seven years ago saying, you know, we'll we'll trade our quarterback just to get Luck, and yeah, stuff like that. Like Fulgram has. It was like a quote seven years ago where Maz was saying, if you're a Patriots fan, I wouldn't trade for yeah. you for luck. You know, you'd be out of your mind and stuff like that. And Colin Coward said the Colts are going to be the next dynasty in the next 10 years. And sadly, none of that ever came to fruition. For yeah, us. sure. That should, I mean, yeah, this kind of just proves – I think this – his entire career basically proves that sure things aren't always sure things. And I don't know. But another – you mentioned Trevor Lawrence a little bit ago. Uh, like the – Realistically, the Colts have a chance if they want to. to this year, play play the season out. To goes with Brissett, and I guess they're a lot of their team is expiring contracts after this year. They can let everybody walk, tank for Trevor Lawrence, and have the three best quarterback prospects of the last thirty years uh, consecutively, which would be pretty insane. And I mean, they haven't really been able to surround Luck or Peyton for a while. They can really surround him with a lot of talent. Um, yeah, I don't know. They they're that that franchise seems to get, uh, no pun intended, get really lucky with quarterbacks and then not be able to sign with a lot of talent. Bad ownership, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I don't think the Colts are gonna be the only ones taking tanking for Trevor Lawrence. So that we'll have plenty of time to get into the tank for Trevor Lawrence battle <laughs> later, or tank for Tua next year. We'll see. Uh, yeah, that's all I got on luck. Want to uh, talk, talk some college football? Sure. So, uh, Miami-Florida game, first game, week zero, they're calling it, of the college football season, um, happened on 
Saturday. Uh, 24-21 for the Gators. My bold playoff pick right there. Not the best game. Uh, a lot of – they easily could have won this game by, like, 30, I think. A lot of mental errors. I don't know. What'd you, what's your takeaway from this game? Yeah, I didn't get to see a whole heck of a lot of this game, but when I did, I saw a ball on the ground. There were so many missing tackles. It just didn't seem like the cleanest football game ever. And I think I think if you're a Florida fan, you got to be worried after this game. Miami team with a new head coach and their quarterback starting his first game, and you can only beat them by four points. And they turned the ball over that many amount of times. I saw missed field goals. Sloppy game for the Gators, I think. And the competition for the Gators is only going to improve. Um, so they got to they got to pick up their game, I think, to uh, be contenders in the SEC. Yeah, uh, one, yeah, definitely not the best game for the Gators. Franks was inconsistent, to say the least. The, uh, like some drives had come out and he was slinging it, beautiful throws, and then the next time he come, and then the next drive come out, he just throw it directly at the defense. No poise in the pocket. Uh, he had two picks, two touchdowns. Uh, went 17 for 27 with 254 yards. Not the, I mean, it wasn't wasn't a great game for him. He did have one beautiful deep ball. I forget when it was during the game, but it was, uh, it was just it was 66 yard touchdown pass, just perfect, like basically in the basket, money pass. Um, that's what I like to see out of him. But he definitely needs to step it up. And I thought I thought the best player in this game was number nine for Miami, the tight end, Brevin Jordan. Didn't know who this guy was, not going to lie, before this game, but Miami literally had essentially no offense for most of this game other than check down passes to the sideline, and they all went to this guy, and he's a tight end, but he looked like a he looked like Alvin Kamara out there. He just makes things happen behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, he's shifty, he was elusive, but he's also big and fast, and he's powerful, and I don't know. He was the number one tight end at a high school uh, two years ago. Or in the class of 2018, um, I never. I, I was just researching him after the game, but this guy's legit. I'm a big fan of Brevin Jordan. He's, yeah, he's someone to watch from the NFL in a few years. He's a he's a beast at tight end. Yeah, I think it's I think it's worrying from Florida's point of view that if you can't cover this number nine tight end on Miami, how are you going to cover uh, Jerry Judy in Alabama if you get to play them in the future? And well, that, who's tackling DeAndre Swift if you can't tackle this Miami running they, back who's breaking tackles left and right and charging down the sidelines? Their downfield coverage was fine. That's the thing. Is they they the thing was Miami couldn't get the ball off. They couldn't get the ball downfield. They couldn't get. They had to get the ball quick because Miami uh, had Florida pass rush got to them quick every single snap. Um, the only time the the Florida defense didn't look great was obviously couldn't tackle Brevin Jordan uh, and. They, the last drive for Miami, near the end of the game, they got like two awful pass interference calls. One of them was definitely pass interference. One of them was questionable. And then they got called for another one, but the refs picked the flag back up. But, um, yeah, Florida needs to clean it up. Uh, also, Tay Martell, he, Miami played him at wide receiver. Don't really know why. He can't do anything. This just seemed like a gimmicky move to put a guy who played wide receiver for all of one weekend at wide out. Uh, Still can't play quarterback, but I expected this guy, Jaron Williams, beating out last year's starter for Miami and beating out Tate Martell. Obviously, everyone knows how hyped he is uh, for the starting job. I thought this kid was going to be nasty. Retro freshman starting his first game, and he literally did nothing other than run backwards, take bad sacks, and throw checkdowns. Uh, he looked afraid to throw downfield. Nobody was really open downfield, so I can't blame him for that, but he, uh, he was holding on to the ball too long, I thought, a lot of times, and... Uh, he didn't. He didn't. Uh, didn't bring anything to the table, anything to the table rushing wise either. So 
I don't know. Jaron Williams, not 100% sold on him, and I wouldn't be surprised if Tate Martell gets his shot at quarterback later in the season. That's my theory on that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, he got, he got sacked 10 times. I think you got to put a little bit of that on the offensive line. You talk about his running. I think sacks go against quarterbacks in rushing yards, so this says he has 14 rushes for negative 44 yards. I, I watched the whole game. He, he he ran it a couple times, but he didn't really – there was nothing – I didn't see anything amazing from this guy. He, negative 44 yards. That's Well, bad. yeah, negative 44 yards is all sacks. And then Florida, four four turnovers. I mean, you're not you're not winning very many football games when you're turning the ball over four times. You no, know, well, it's college football. It's week one. They have the earliest week one of anyone. I guess it's week zero, whatever you want to call it. They don't have they don't have preseason college football, so they're getting they're sorting out the kinks in the offense. There's a fumbled read option. Uh, the picks were the, one of the picks was really bad, but um, yeah, I don't know. The the Florida will be fine. They'll clean the turnovers up, and I think it's honestly promising for Florida that the only one. The Florida, basically, if they lost this game, it would have been because they beat themselves because they completely outplayed Miami, uh, I thought, for most of this game other than a couple of mental errors. So if Florida can clean it up, I think they're a very good team. They're really athletic. They, they, they need, their defense needs to work on their tackling. There's a couple of guys in the secondary that didn't look like they wanted to tackle anyone out there. That was weak. If I'm uh, Dan Mullen, I'd, I'd bench at least one of those guys. Make a statement. Get someone out there who wants to play and wants to make a tackle. But uh, well, Michael P. Ryan looked pretty good. Didn't get a lot of touches, but – he had a he had a touchdown, I think. He had like 60, 65 total yards. Uh yeah, he's a good running back. Florida's a good team. I'm not worried. Yeah, I like this uh, week zero start. I think they should do more of these. Bring up some more rivalries. Bring some more rivalries back, like maybe Texas, Texas A&M, or uh, Nebraska, Oklahoma, or Penn State, Pitt, or whatever the rivalry is. Because some of these rivalries have been lost over the years, and I think it'd be a good way to bring them back if you start off the season with some of these yeah, games. Yeah, I agree. I like it too. I mean, can't argue with uh earlier college football start, I guess. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But. Then, if you look at uh, Miami this year, the rest of their schedule is really bad. I think they still have a still have a chance to win the ACC maybe, or not win the ACC, get to the ACC championship game and see, see what they can do from there. Yeah, I don't know. Miami... I didn't, Miami's O line is really bad. I guess they're they're one of the youngest O lines in the country too. They're just not they're not very good. Their left tackle just got turnstiled like four times. They're not the best O line. Not and I mean O line is huge. You saw Florida State last year. Their lack of an O line just basically destroyed their program uh, in the ACC. So I don't know. I don't, I don't love Miami after last night. They that game was way closer than it should have been. That could have been easily could have been like a thirty point blowout if was if it wasn't for the stupid Florida turnovers. And also Miami has a new Miami's turnover chain thing. And now they have a touchdown touchdown rings or something. I don't know. I think it's stupid. Win something before you. Uh, every time you do anything, go stand in the camera with your jewelry or whatever. I don't like Miami. Not a fan. Not a fan of their team. Not a fan of their program. Whatever. Moving on, any uh, any week one college football games you're excited about coming on Saturday? Um, not not particularly. I don't think I think Oregon's gonna beat Auburn. Um, I don't think. I guess I like to see what this Bo Nix kid can do because Auburn's really gonna need that guy to play well if they're gonna do anything this year. Apart from that, not really interested in uh, Duke, Alabama. <laughs> not really interested in uh, South Carolina, North Carolina. There's not a not very, not very interested in Florida Atlantic, Ohio State, Northwestern, Stanford. That wouldn't be. A, that's not a bad game. Those teams are decent. 
Uh, and then we talked about Georgia at Vanderbilt, maybe. Maybe that'll give Georgia a little bit of trouble. First SEC game for them. I like uh, I, like, I like this Houston Oklahoma game. Houston's got some quarterback like Derek. Derek uh, I don't know. I forget the kid's name, but he had like 50 touchdowns last year, and he didn't play the full season. Um, he used to be a wideout, and they converted him to quarterback. But I, I like Houston for uh, upset alert on Oklahoma. I'm not saying they're gonna. I'm not saying they're going this game, but I think Oklahoma should be an upset alert. I think both teams play pretty similar football. Uh, some nice classic Big 12, no defense, all offense, all gas, no breaks. Throw it deep. Uh, running quarterback offenses. So, I don't know. I In Oklahoma, Jalen Hurts, a quarterback, new QB. I think they're expecting – people are expecting to throw throw the ball a lot. Last time we saw him, he couldn't really throw the ball. So, I don't know. I, I, think, I think Houston – I think that game's going to be an entertaining game. But we'll see. Oklahoma's great offensive football team. Yeah, Oklahoma's uh... – 22-point favor in that game. I like Houston. I think uh, they'll get better without Ed Oliver, top pro prospect they had last year. He was a locker room cancer for them. Yeah, he, he was ready to go to NFL from the second he stepped into training camp, <laughs> arguing with the coaches. So I think I think Houston will have better team camaraderie this year without Ed Oliver. I think. Yeah, I like I I like Houston. I like Houston. Um, I think this game's gonna be entertaining. I mean, I, I if I had to bet, obviously I'd take Oklahoma to win, but. I think Houston could shock the world. Nice week one upset. And the game's in prime time, too, 7.30 p.m. So I'll probably be watching the ND game, but I'll be watching Houston-Oklahoma during commercials. And uh, Houston-Oklahoma is Sunday, ND's uh, Monday. so they're. Oh, oh, I didn't know ND was Monday. Nice. Yeah, yeah so but Houston does get its own prime time slot without, without ND. Sweet. I get to watch Houston-Oklahoma uninterrupted. Uh, yeah, should be good stuff. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? Um, want to move on to some golf? Golf season finished? Yeah, let's talk about golf. All right. Uh, the first year the PGA Tour fixed its playoff format. Uh, the last tournament, the Tour Championship, with the 30 players remaining. The winner of the tournament took home $15 million bonus. So the players were staggered. So the first place guy was at 10 under. Second place was at 8 under. And you just go down from there. 30th guy was at even par. In the end, Rory McIlroy won. He started off with like 5 or 6 under. And I think he had the best score for the week, so he didn't just win because he was starting about some guy at two under. He played the most consistent. It's his third win this season. I was impressed by Rory. Consistent play. That's not a very, very easy golf course. And I'm critical of Rory. I think he's a little bit overrated, but I think this tournament shows why I think he's overrated because he actually has that much talent. And then when he goes to a major and gets an eight on his first hole in his home course, it's just... Rory's hard to figure out. He can be so good and so bad at the same time. So this weekend, Rory was good, and he took home fifteen million bucks. Yeah, I'm a big Rory fan. I think Rory will get back to uh, the old Rory at some point. Some point in the near future, he'll win a major again. Probably in Northern Ireland, right there. I'm a big fan. Uh, he finished eighteen under. Big win. Uh, four four strokes better than the second place or so. Now Brooks Koepka came in third. Justin Thomas tied him in third. Those two always seem to be at the top of every single tournament. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Not not I'm not the most dedicated golf fan, but Brooks Kepka and Justin Thomas, those two, I don't know why they, they don't get as much hype as Tiger Woods in the national media. Still complaining about it. I don't care. Tiger Woods should not be talked about anymore. Yeah, Justin Thomas, he was he started off at ten under, I believe, in the lead. And then Brooks Kepka, he had a bad day for his for the final round. He started a stroke ahead of Rory and Rory outplayed him and Brooks didn't really play that well in the back nine, so that was a little bit surprising to see. Rory also brought up at the beginning of the week how the tour championship needs to mean something more than just the money value and that the fans don't care about the money. 
I kind of agree. The playoffs, they're not really as hyped as a major. They're not really as watched as a major. And there's got to be something else on the line for the fans than just money because that's not what's going to motivate the fans. Maybe some of the players, but probably not really as well. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I Yeah, I don't know. Personally, I don't really care about who wins the most money and stuff like that. So, yeah, you're right. They they definitely need to implement like a playoff or something. I don't know. They gotta they gotta market that better, maybe. Yeah, I wonder how the ratings did this week. I mean, they moved it up last. It was always in like the end of September, and they moved it up because of the NFL season. So I don't I don't really think it generated any much hype. Or I wasn't really inclined to watch it anymore or less because it was on before an NFL weekend. So I don't know. I still don't think there's that much buzz around it. I don't know if it really got got to where it wanted to be. Yeah, I don't know. If they I mean like casual sportsmen probably didn't even know that that was going on at the time. So if they, they, they should market it better, definitely market it more. And I think it could in the future become more of a well known and more watched and bigger deal than it is now. So I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. Uh yeah. And then also today, uh, news came out. Tiger Woods announced that he has gone under an arth- arthroscopic procedure last week on his left knee to repair minor cartilage damage. Yeah, the doctor done. expects Tiger. To- he's done. He, uh, Tiger Woods. I mean, you can. I, they said you make a full recovery last time he got hurt too. I have, I have no faith in Tiger. He's back to like. 10 years to recover, so his knee's probably going to take 20. Uh, yeah, in my opinion, Tiger's done. He says he looks forward to traveling and playing in Japan in October. He looks forward to coming in 50th and withdrawing in day two in Japan in October. So, uh, yeah, I Tiger Tiger's washed. Yeah, we'll see about Tiger. Also, news the other day was Brooks Koepka won player of the year. Um I guess that just shows that the majors are more important than the FedEx Cup and the 15 million bucks. I mean, Rory won three times. I think Brooks won twice, if I'm not mistaken. And Brooks obviously won two bigger events than Rory did. So that's why he got it. Brooks is a beast. Best golfer in the world with there. Tiger should uh, Tiger should start modeling the swing after Brooks. Tiger, should, Tiger needs to walk, watch Brooks more and take some notes. Brooks is a beast. All right. Uh, that's all I got on the, on the golf Yeah, that's program. all I got, too. Um we're kind of we'll be back with the uh, we'll be back with another episode probably later this week. We'll see. Pretty busy week for us. PJ moved to college this week. I'm moving in later this weekend, so uh, I don't know. We'll be back soon though. Uh, remember to follow us on Twitter at biased underscore underscore opinion. We'll tweet every time we have a new episode. Um, yeah, that's it. Thanks for listening.